0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn
1: Cullen. And uh, good morning to you, and welcome to uh, Wednesday, October 17th. Uh, I uh, have been avoiding talking about this uh, Saudi killing Uh, but today there's uh, so much news out about it that I don't think I can (laughs) avoid it anymore. And I have to tell you that I find it actually rather difficult to talk about some of this because it is so horrific, and no matter what angle you choose to um, look at it. Um, The facts are pretty well known (laughs) with this thing. Um, the Turks have an audio recording of what went on in there. Now, I haven't seen anybody explain how the Turks have an audio recording unless they had bugged the Saudi embassy, which I suppose is perfectly believable. Uh, but whatever audio they have apparently has been shared with the United States. Um, whether it's been shared with our President or our Secretary of State, (laughs) one can only imagine. Uh, I am looking at a video of our Secretary of State, Pompeo, who yesterday saw the Crown Prince and uh, the King, and met with both of them and the video alone of his meetings with these two is enough to make you puke. Um, here is a Secretary of State of the United States of America dispatched to Saudi Arabia for one reason and one reason only, and that is to supposedly warn them, uh, tell them in no uncertain terms that uh, if they had anything to do with the killing of uh, this legal American resident and uh, journalist that there would be hell to pay. So all the video of the meetings of our Secretary of State with the Prince and the King are of him grinning ear to ear. There was no stern-faced Pompeo It was a, hey, buddy, how are you look? Not kidding. These guys don't even bother (laughs) to play act the kind of demeanor that they should be showing to the world. They don't even, they don't give a. They do not care. They are that secure in their power that they will do this little charade, this dance, and they won't bother playing their parts very, very well. I'm also looking at a video in which uh, Pompeo is interviewed by reporters at the uh, Riyadh airport and here is one just one little exchange. This tells you everything you need to know. This is true. I heard it with my own ears. I'm seeing it, and here it is. Report, the reporter says to Pompeo, did they say that Khashoggi was alive or dead? And Pompeo's response, I kid you not, is I don't want to talk about any of the facts. They didn't want to either. I don't want to talk about any of the facts. They didn't want to either. He then went on to say they said that they are going to be doing this very rigorous investigation of themselves, (laughs) and we, of course, credulous to the last, will believe everything they tell us. Meanwhile, back to the pesky audio recording. A number of news sources have uh, been reporting the same thing uh, from a lot of uh, mid-Middle Eastern news sources, Al Jazeera, and uh, and others, but also the Wall Street Journal <laughs> today. So throw the Wall Street Journal in there too, if uh, if for some reason you're not going to believe uh, the Arab press. Here's increasingly what's coming out, that the Turks are saying that they are the ones who are telling us everything we do know. There is no doubt that uh, Khashoggi was killed almost immediately upon entering the Saudi embassy, that he was beaten and drugged, and then they proceeded to dismember him. There was no interrogation. It was only to kill him. And they killed him in the, um, the office of the Saudi Council General. <laughs> the Saudi Council General was apparently in the room, although on the audio he is asked to leave when they start cutting up the body. In fact, the guy who's wielding the, the, the bone saw uh says to others in the room you might want to listen to some music there is one report that they began cutting khashoggi up before he was dead all right and um According to all these press accounts, Turkey has given this audio to both the United States and Saudi Arabia. Um, There is another story circulating, who knows if it's true, um, that one of the members of this 15-member hit squad that flew in to Istanbul, uh, the day of the murder and flew out after, I guess, each one carrying a part of the body. I don't know where the body ended up. That one of the 15 people was a guy who looked almost exactly like Khashoggi. And that the original plan was, of course, to immediately kill Khashoggi, but then put this look-alike, this imposter... In his place, using his passport um, where he would travel to Lebanon and uh then he would be arrested and supposedly taken to Saudi Arabia, where he would be tried and jailed, and that'd be the end of him. He'd be in jail even though he's dead. who knows uh We are one of the despicable nations of the world now. We have a government that colludes, aids, abets, turns a blind eye, engages in propaganda campaigns, spreads lies, Remember what you used to think of the United States of America? I mean, in our better iterations, that we were a country that did value truth, that abhorred this kind of extrajudicial violence and authoritarian governments. it's you are seeing our country act now just like Putin's Russia Russian government like Duterte's Filipino government I mean name a a, any country that is essentially autocratic where the government dispenses regularly total lies Tells them right to the faces of the populace. Tells the populace that things they might have seen that suggest those are lies are fake news. Tells the populace that the news media is the enemy of the people. Helps cover up the brutal, un horrific barbarous murder of a journalist for the Washington Post and a critic of the Saudi regime. So Wall Street Journal today, I read it uh, to you, Turkish officials say they have shared their evidence, including the details of an audio recording with both the United States and Saudi Arabia to support their conclusion that Mr. Khashoggi was killed at the embassy. Um, this story also, of course, uh, has uh, Secretary of State Pompeo's uh, contention that the king and the crown prince uh, strongly denied any involvement. And Secretary Pompeo's credulous statement that the Saudis are conducting a serious and credible, and credible investigation. to which I can only say incredible, incredible. How stupid do they think we are? How willing to abandon any principles that we have been taught since the time we went to kindergarten about what our country was about. And then, of course, you have the monster president. Quite clearly, being the person who first put out there for the Saudis this idea that these were rogue killers. That, in other words, these 15 guys who came, flew out of Riyadh with the bone saw and the Khashoggi look alike. was a rogue operation where they dismembered him in the Saudi Council General's office yeah that sounds like a rogue operation to me and they might suggest that it was just uh, they were supposed to just interrogate him and bring him back this was a rendition in other words a kidnapping that's what it was supposed to be and this just kidnapping went awry But that begs a lot of questions, right? Why do you bring a bone saw to a kidnapping? (sighs) And a kidnapping is also a felony. A barbarous murder is a felony. It is... and we now are possessed of a government our own government the representatives of we the people so we the people buy and into this barbarous murder of a journalist who dared to criticize his country's government Probably Donald Trump would like to be able to do what they did to Khashoggi to a number of journalists here in the United States. And who knows? Give them a few years and maybe we'll start seeing that too. The reality is, is this will lead to more and more killings of journalists. There's no doubt about that. It's well, oh. We have a caller. Uh, caller, go ahead please.
2: I you doing today.
1: Well, hey, I uh,
2: <laughs> What yeah. I was gonna say is <clears throat> if you were a journalist over here and you were writing you know, we know the Saudi Arabia's murderous people. They always been. Uh, they're covering it up, I understand that. But if you were great in all kind of criticisms of a, another country, why in the fuck would you go over near that country? Why would you go even close to that country to for them to do that? I mean, I feel sorry for the guy, the family or whatever, but it just it's just another thing I don't get. If you're a critic of a country, if you write about Russia and this, I'm going to go to Russia. Well, there's always that chance you're going to get killed. They're going to get you. And he was well known as a critic for them, so he should have stayed here in America. He really should have. And his the people that he worked for should have said you shouldn't leave the country if you're writing that kind of stuff. And I, I don't. I mm-hmm. say it's great that he writes because that's what they need criticism because that country is murderous. And then the second thing I wanted to tell you that, that you might not know. Did you know? You know Marilyn Garland, that guy they wanted in, <laughs> which was. Yes. Moderate. No, guy I don't want supposed, to even go back.
1: Supposed to be on the court. Yeah. Yes, Merrick Garland.
2: Right. Yeah. Well did you know now they Democrats don't tell you this. Now I don't like this Kavanaugh. He's an asshole. I you know, I don't want him in there. No. He voted ninety three percent of the time with Merrick Garland. So I bet you didn't know that.
1: You mean so, Kavanaugh did when they, yes, they they served on the same uh, did. the same appeals right. court, right? three
2: percent of the time. So look it up. I was like shocked. So aren't the Democrats kind of like exaggerating this a little bit? Now I know he's no damn good, and he might try to change uh, the abortion laws and that. But they really, really put on a show about this guy's this when they like the the other guy real well. When the other this guy votes the
1: same as him. Well. you know i don't know okay all right well i have a few things to say about all the things you said
2: (laughs) um i'm sure you do
1: (laughs) (laughs) you can stay on if you'd like i i just want to say that in regard to merrick garland and kavanaugh maybe uh voting uh on the same side of whatever cases came to that circuit um that maybe is not all that unusual. It's the 7% <laughs> where they divert. I knew you
2: were going to say that.
1: <laughs> because, first of all, Merrick Garland was a moderate. He was no, you know, Obama was going like Democrats go. He was saying, well, I'm only going to get, the, you know, can't put a real, real progressive on, but I'm going to stick a good man who's a very moderate on so Merrick Garland is moderate to start with, right? Uh, progressives don't necessarily right. love a lot of the choices he made in his decisions. But, um, you know, most cases, uh, I think the the reality is, is that probably if you look at the Supreme Court as it exists, or maybe even the circuit courts, I think most of the cases uh, do end up as unanimous. A lot of them do. Uh-huh. So that, you know, they're about... Contracts. They're about this. They're about that. And you know, this this flashpoint political stuff doesn't enter into every case. Right. Right. So, but again, that's a pretty startling number. But I think it suggests that uh, you know Merrick Garland uh, was hardly uh, a progressive. And let's acknowledge that so many of the cases that go before the courts are not. Uh, part of the political uh... realm as much as they are of you know just legal uh... findings that ju- judges of either stripe will come down on the same side with. I again the other thing you said about Khashoggi going um, to uh, you know he was in Turkey he was not in Saudi Arabia he was not intending to go to Saudi Arabia but he needed but still, it's close. he needed it's over, something with his passport. I know he his fiance warned him, said, I don't think you should go in there. She was scared. It's why she was waiting outside, just pacing and pacing and pacing. She waited out there for him. She was terrified he was walking into a trap. He was, you know, people exist. Uh, he he loved his country. He loves Saudi Arabia. He wants it to be better. Um he was missing his family, missing his friends, missing everything. And uh I don't I don't know what to tell you. He obviously took a leap of faith. He had stopped, here's what happened. He had stopped at the Saudi embassy a week or so earlier. Um, n- nothing happened. He uh, they'd been very cordial to him. Okay, so the trap got set, and he had said, "I'm going. I need this or that." And they said, "Well, you're gonna you'll you'll have to come back. You'll have to make an appointment." Once they knew when he was coming back, <laughs> that's when the hit squad got formed. But they faked him out by being so nice to him on the initial visit. I don't know. So. He's a human being. He wanted to believe he could get this done. I don't know. He's dead. It's a big mistake he made. Hey, thank you for your call. I always appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Yep. Bye. Jeez. Well, maybe Canada's looking better, ain't it? You don't have to be ashamed to be a Canadian, do you? Well, I'm sure governments are always doing something you might be ashamed about, but, you know, I would like to know, uh, feel, even for a moment, again, what it's like to not feel shame because of your country, that you're a part of it that things are being done in your name, that you have somehow and your cohort have failed and are relatively powerless, even though you have more numbers. It's weird. Anyway, Canada's looking better. At midnight, Canada became the second country in the world to legalize marijuana, recreational use of marijuana. There's only one other country who had done that. It was Uruguay. So Canada, (laughs) yeah, it's a hop, skip, and a jump from here. Uh, Canada now has a recreational pot available to anybody over. 19 and older So Bet there's going to be a lot of more tourism there Used to be you had to schlep all the way over to Amsterdam Back in the day, right? So Yeah, Canada uh, This was uh, one of uh, Justin Trudeau's uh, campaign promises And of course nobody in a million years believed That he would be able to pull it off I think it's pretty amazing that the whole nation uh, you know we've got we've got states doing it we've got cities doing it uh, but no other federal government other than Uruguay has done it. Um, Also they are um, looking back to uh, the people who are in their jails serving sentences having to do with uh, marijuana uh, possession. And those people who they feel deserve it will be pardoned, although the government is saying there will not be a blanket amnesty. But uh, as a matter of basic fairness, um, they're going to uh, make it a lot easier uh for people who are jailed because of marijuana offenses to apply for a pardon um, so uh the stores are open there already the pot stores uh people can uh, have quite a bit of of pot refer recreational use on hand um and uh, they can also have four plants uh, uh, you know this is not without controversy in canada there's a there is concern um about uh, uh, more people becoming um addicted to it there's concern about uh safety on the highways um And we'll see. Canada um, is letting its 13 provinces uh, and territories uh, set their own rules, uh, which does also then create a kind of a a mess of different regulations. But that has to do with, like, you know, whether police will test drivers for... uh, marijuana intoxication and and how you do that. Edibles will not be legal for another year. And uh there it is, Canada. <sighs> so another reason to cast our eyes north word. Here's the kind of headline that you see in this country now. This this headline actually tells the entire story. But what a cabal of creeps and despicable human beings! Listen to this headline. This is from CNBC. Pro-Trump pimp. Nevada GOP Assembly candidate Dennis Hoff dies after birthday party with Grover Norquist Joe Arpaio and porn legend Ron Jeremy. This is the Republican candidate for the Nevada Legislature who himself if asked what is your uh, occupation he'll say I'm a pimp He's very pro-Trump, and you can see his friends, Grover Norquist, who started the Republican Party on the road. We now see where that road is ending, but Grover Norquist, who was the no-tax guy, who said he wanted to shrink government. First of all, in order to shrink government, you have to starve it. In order to starve it, you you don't tax people. So there's no tax revenues coming in to uh, allow a government to have any, thi- any money to do anything with. So Grover Norquist famously said, um, I want to shrink the government so small I can drown it in a bathtub. And so, you know, tax cuts to the rich. We, by the way, have a deficit that is out of control. It's going to blow right through the trillion dollar mark. This is what happens when Republicans, oh yeah, they are just... You know, it's easier to win if you're shameless, and they're shameless. Because if you have shame, if you feel shame, that stops you from saying certain things, from doing certain things, and here's the problem. Democrats are capable of shame. Republicans are not. So, Katie, bar the door and do anything. Yeah, Dennis Hoff, the notorious pimp and Republican candidate for Nevada's legislature, aw, He died hours after his 72nd birthday and campaign rally celebration. Yep, he died at his very own love ranch, one of his uh, brothels, which is legal in Nevada. Uh, Multiple former employees of his, prostitutes had accused him of sexual assault and that's another thing where we know that uh, republicans just love candidates who have been accused of uh, sexual assault they seem to love them more than it seems to be actually something that helps them So, upon hearing the tape of their candidate presidential candidates talking about laughing about sexually assaulting women. They elected him. They loved him even more. I was listening to audio of things Trump has said since he's been in our heads over the last two and a half years. And I've been listening to the reaction Of the crowds that he says these things to, they eat it up. The misogyny, the ugly stuff he says about women, they laugh, they roar with delight, they love him even more. He calls them fat and ugly. <laughs> they love it. He calls <coughs> a woman who had been in his employ crazed, crying, lowlife, a dog. Says of another, it's got the face of a pig, and his base loves him. He did it again, of course, yesterday with um, the reason I'm hearing these things again uh, to uh, Stormy Daniels calling her horse face. This is our president. And again, if you don't feel shame, just sort of abject shame, then I think something's wrong with you, character-wise. And the roaring crowds that love him, that are made up of tons of women, white women, they roar with delight at him saying these things about other women. So, what we have talked about a little bit in the last few weeks about how women, because they have been a subjugated gender, that a lot of women have made the calculation that they will join. The powerful side and gain power as a result. So there are a majority of white women voted for Donald Trump. There was a white woman running (laughs) who they hated. Because their husbands hated her. Because they identify with the misogynists. They identify with their men who are fearful of these uppity women who didn't used to have to compete with them for positions whether it's in schools or in the employment sector. Used to be white manville. Very recently, right? So the rage these white guys feel is still raw. And it brought us Donald Trump as president because there's enough of the white guys and enough of their women, 53% of white women, that's my crowd, I'm a white woman, 53% of us voted for Donald Trump. Was it Republican women? No, it was white women, white women. It's hard for me, uh, hard for me to even think about it. And it scares me, you know, heading into the election. The thing about Trump saying these kinds of things uh, just less than a month before the election um is that I I can't imagine that's going to help certain Republican uh, candidates because there are women, and mostly they are white women, there are those suburban, educated white women who tend to be appalled by the president, even if they support his policies? I don't know. So, I mean, think of, think of what he said about Ted Cruz's wife, and then look at how he's going to Texas, and Ted Cruz is going to welcome him with open arms, even though he trashed his wife. What's wrong with these people? It's mind-blowing. It's just mind-blowing to me. Okay, what we got here? You know, I wasn't going to cuz it's so long, but I'm going I'll read it to you cuz it's it's damn uh good. Can't say it changed my mind since I'm so set in my ways on this. But um you know, I did another of my rants on artificial intelligence uh, finishing us all off. Uh that was a result of uh the new book posthumously published of Stephen Hawking uh the physicist who in the book suggests that um artificial intelligence will lead to essentially a caste system uh where there will be some superhumans able to fiddle with their DNA and with for a price so these will be the rich people could pull away from the rest of us ordinary non-enhanced humans, and it was, those of you who heard it, I mean, it was uh, fit right into my my general fear of artificial intelligence, AI. So uh, Ray, who doesn't like to call, I think he's only called once, he called once, maybe twice, but writes good emails, he wrote me. And I don't even know if he wanted this share, because it's really, he wrote a little essay. And I was not going to share it, but I got the time, and it's good. So this is, Ray would have called and said it, but it's much better when you can sit and write, right? Here's what he says. I wish you would stop worrying (laughs) about the existential threat of artificial intelligence. The fear-mongering by the AI experts and all their sycophants, is it sycophant or sycophant? Sycophant, I think, uh, makes me laugh, not worry, he says, not worry. Decades of promises of AI just around the corner have progressed to, well, five years from now and then uh, 20 years from now, all the way to, well, by the year 2100. He says there's no way we'll be able to say, see, you were wrong about that, because they keep pushing the goalposts back, and we'll be all dead by then, right? So he goes on. Poor Professor Turing, Turing who broke out the computation machine, started this conflation of computation with thinking. He invented the Turing test, where if a machine could fool judges into believing they were interacting with a human, the inventor would win $100,000. The prize has yet to be claimed. Professor Noam Chomsky has a good response to the question can machines think, he laughs and says, that's like asking if submarines swim. Swimming is what living creatures do, and thinking is what conscious beings do. Thinking is not computing. Thinking requires consciousness, and no one in AI has made the least progress in figuring out how the brain creates consciousness. This gets a little heavy, but I get the point about the difference between thinking and computation, which is what computers essentially do, right? He says there is a, a great refutation, refuting of, the equating computation with understanding, which requires consciousness. See, this gets, this is hard, it seems to me. Uh, okay, so this, this guy named Searle proposed a mind experiment called the Chinese room. It goes sort of like this. I put you in a room with a door with a slot in it. I give you a box of cards with Chinese symbols on them. Through the slot come similar cards inserted by Chinese speakers. You have a book listing what Chinese symbols you should push back through the slot in response. After time, you get so good at matching that the people outside believe they are interacting with another Chinese speaker. So according to the artificial intelligence type, you now understand Chinese. You are the CPU and the book is the program and the cards are the interface. You're losing me here. The fact is you do not understand Chinese any more than Google Translate understands French. You have consciousness and the computer arranges the zeros and ones when scientists came up with the artificial heart the first they first had to know how the heart worked it didn't just pulse to a beat it pumped blood if they just stuck a red lump of meat in your chest that throbbed to a rhythm it would look like a heart but you'd be dead These AI frauds won't admit they are trying to create an artificial brain without ever solving the real problem. How does the brain work? They want to believe that impersonating a brain, computation, is sufficient to create consciousness. Poppycock. Almost done here. Some speculate that if they somehow integrate bigger and bigger computers together, that some kind of critical mass will occur and poof, consciousness will appear spontaneously. It's nice to believe in miracles and angels. Maybe consciousness is an irreducible aspect of biological existence, like electromagnetism is an irreducible aspect of the physical existence. Professor Richard Feynman Feynman would say that electromagnetism is just something we will have to take as a given. He couldn't explain it using anything else like rubber bands or strings, because those things use electromagnetism, and they say science doesn't involve faith. Oh, Jesus. Okay, well, here he ends up with, Until these AI, AI blowhards accept the need to incorporate consciousness as one of the necessary components of AI all the all the all they will produce will be more and more complicated marionettes and until the neuroscientists figure out what consciousness is and how it arises good luck with that and as far as loading people up into machines cybergizing ourselves what will they load up What will they load up? Data? We are not data. I'll worry about robots when these geniuses can make a self-driving car that hates driving. Okay. We have a call? Hello, caller. Hello. Hi.
3: Clarence Kamenberg. Yeah. Um, He kind of uh, defeated his argument... At the end, when you were reading at the end, I called before you got to the end. Okay. Um, by the way, that uh, creating a car that that hates driving is funny.
1: Yes, that um, is funny. Consciousness.
3: <laughs> he say he said um, when neuroscientists figure out what consciousness is. Yeah. And that's the point. We don't know what consciousness is, and his argument is based on consciousness. <laughs> so, how do we know when an AI is conscious when we don't know what consciousness is? <clears throat> You know, I mean, consciousness is one of those things that all of us as an individual feel that we have, or you could say know that we have. It's like porn. You, you know it when you see it. <laughs> but, you, well, you know, you you, you can't – I can't put my – you know, do a Spock thing and put my hand on your head and realize that you're consciousness. I only assume that you consciousness because I'm conscious. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, you know and, I mean? and you're saying that yeah, no how do we know that uh, – uh, that some robot does not have consciousness.
3: Consciousness. Yeah. We don't even know if animals of a biological.
1: That's right. We're uh, not even. Right. Have right.
3: consciousness. <laughs> you know. So how, how, how are we going to tell whether an AI is conscious or not? You know. So that's. <laughs> you know. If it, lo- if it looks conscious and acts conscious. <laughs> you know. That you can't tell that it's conscious or not. <laughs> you have to assume. Like you assume with other human beings. That it's conscious. You know, do you, you know, if we, we, yeah, that's, that, that almost defeats your own argument. He based it on consciousness, (laughs) but we don't know what consciousness is.
1: Well, I'll I'll have to put, I'll have to put (laughs) you two in a room and you can, uh, you can figure it out. (laughs) There are actually
3: arguments like this. There are actually arguments like this with, um, between like um, Sam Harris and uh, Dan Dennett.
1: Okay, I don't like, know. I don't know who Dan who, 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 Bennett is. Uh, I know Sam here. Oh, Dan
3: Bennett. Dan, oh, yeah, yeah. You like this guy? He's a a philosopher, like a scientific philosopher. Okay. And he gives like these talks and things like that all the time. And I'm always listening to them. And yeah, I just listened to one recently in Great Britain that he had with a guy, you know, about consciousness and things like that. Some, you know, it was like Oxford University. The internet's great for this kind of stuff, by the way. So, so yeah, that that always that that's always got me, you know, consciousness. Do we? You know, is consciousness a thing or just an illusion of our brains? You know what I mean? Because we are basically, you know, our neurons basically operate like computer systems.
2: Right, right. The, uh,
3: the, brain's the, the brains, the hardware.
2: Right. And then
3: we get all these inputs as uh, uh, like software. You know, we have like apps that uh-huh. go onto our brains, you know. Uh, yeah. Like Richard Dawkins would describe them as like memes. All these ideas and thoughts and things like that are like the software. So we're just uh, biological computers. That's one argument. Uh, that I haven't said I agree with it or don't agree with it. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. You know, so, uh,
1: well, I yeah. mean, the body so um, is, I mean, the body obviously is an extraordinarily intricate machine. Of, of. It's a machine. It's yeah. a machine. It's just amazing amazing uh, machine. Yeah. And that's doctors are repairmen. Who you know repair mm-hmm. machines the our machines when they break down right, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but the, yeah, uh, but the consciousness aspect is above and beyond the machine, the machinery. And of if you us. Think,
3: and that's the thing, you know, people think, and this is what brings up religion that there's a something that's in your brain, there's something in you that isn't connected to your biology. You know, that well, that's
1: it, 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 well, that's like the soul. Uh-huh. Then it's the soul. Is consciousness the soul? Because that, that's the what question. the hell is that? Yeah.
3: <laughs> exactly. But I always go back to. It feels like there's something. What is? I think it's called the Cartesian theater or something like it. Like there's a something behind your eyes that's looking out when there's not.
1: <laughs> you know
3: what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. The, the, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, there was a, uh, a I've never seen, uh, Men in Black where there was this little guy inside this guy's head operating his body.
1: <laughs> it's like, it's like
3: the Cartesian theater. There's, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing there. It is just. Firing neurons and the brain. And, right. You know, the, you know, even your even your sight isn't in, located in one part of your brain. Right. Even when you look out, color and distance and all that stuff are in different parts of your well, brain. Well, no, your eyes yeah. don't really see. Uh-huh.
1: It's your brain that sees. Your, your brain, your brain sees. Yeah, is interpreting yeah. what your eye is mm-hmm. sending it. Um, yeah. Yeah. J- you, you ever
3: see a, There's a thing called blind sight. You ever look that up? People who can't see but can navigate?
1: Yeah. You know,
3: because wow. they can't see color and light, but they could detect stuff stuff like shadows and things like that. They can see, but they really can't see. You know what I mean? Because their brain, parts of their brain are still operational, you know, they, right. you know, but they can't read or anything like that, but they can navigate through the world. Interesting, huh?
1: Very very <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. I wish I had a better I wish I had a better brain up there so I could uh, <laughs> I, yeah, but the thing I is, is that, the point. Well, you, you
3: have a you have the brain, you just don't have the time.
1: If oh, you were really like me, you
3: could sit around listening to these this crap as you draw funny pictures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thank you. I appreciate uh, yeah. it. We actually have another okay. caller. I don't know oh, cool. what side they'll be on. Right. Thanks, Clarence. Right. Bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Uh, okay. <laughs> hey, caller, if you hear a little beep, you're on.
0: Hey Lynn, it's Ray.
1: Oh my god, Clarence, you scared me. I wish Ray I could I, just... I wish
0: you could have I wish you could have kept Clarence on so oh, I could have spoken to him. Oh.
1: Yeah. Well, so we, yeah. listen, we can listen. Hey Lynn, here's L- the thing. We uh, can barely take can a phone you imagine, call. imagine? Yeah.
0: Imagine the crazy idea that consciousness is an illusion. Well, you have to be conscious to to experience the illusion. <laughs>
1: You know if Th- that I could... whole
0: argument that is do am I really it's just it's silliness. It's it's soft work, right? D- to figure out what consciousness is isn't to determine whether it exists or not. It's like what is it? It's sort of like pain. Pain is, is subjective in the sense that it's you know, it's you're experiencing it. But you're not going to say until you you know, you're not gonna debate whether pain exists. But to define uh-huh. pain Okay, it's neurons and interaction of chemical responses. That's the definition of it, but that's not the experience of it, right? Yeah. All right, consciousness. I'd there, like there is to. No I just want to say I'd serious... like to
1: smoke a joint right now because I think I could really yes. understand this better. I'm serious. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Right. You, you have to, you know, and and the old Cartesian "I think, therefore I am." Actually, it's probably "I am, therefore I think." The consciousness apparently is like a unified field that the brain, no matter how small or big, creates some level of consciousness. All right? And it's an organic biological system. We know pain exists, but for years we didn't know what, what was that. Well, researchers figured out by mapping and imaging, oh, okay, this is what pain is, and this is how we answer it. This is how we can uh, deaden pain. These are the analgesics. Well, we have to do the same with, with consciousness. We know it's there, and it's up to the neurobiologists and neurophysicists to figure out, okay, what what is it, and can it be reproduced, can it be transmitted? But until they admit that, they're just they're well, just making imitations. Okay, they're but what if, if we can,
1: we can't even really define it? So, is it the same when I when some people talk oh, about? Oh, sure, it is. Wait, so, wait, 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 We could
0: define it when some when Don't some people on ta- road.
1: What, when some people talk about the soul. Is that the same as co- no, consciousness?
0: No, 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 no. Why? Okay. No, consciousness. Consciousness is that those, those those collective feelings and sensations that that identify being alive to any organism. That's all it is.
1: So animals like, okay, have here, animals an have consciousness.
0: I know my dog does. Now you flee on the back of my dog. I don't know. Maybe, you know, consciousness, there's levels of consciousness. But I know my dog's conscious.
1: Yes. Mine too.
0: Right? Yes. You don't it's like this water. Water on some level you simply define it as a clear, flavorless liquid. Okay, that's water. But then when the researchers get into it, they say, well, it's H two O. Well, it's both things, right?
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Right. But when you're talking about water, you're not talking about H2O you're talking about the liquid water yeah the liquid right now what causes consciousness what what is the interaction of the biological structures and how do perceptions our perceptions modify our consciousness okay that's all the H2O stuff but you know Lynn you are conscious you know it
1: <laughs> at the moment i think i am yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I've been unconscious yeah, I, I, too. It, so I, I, I do yeah, there's a uh, Well, listen, I would love w I, I, it'd be great to have you guys go at it and we're I'm getting um people saying um take a peek at Julian Jane's book, The Origin of Consciousness in the Breakdown right. of the Bicameral Mind. Oy. Okay. Do you know that one?
0: And, and I, I don't know that one particularly. I do recommend anything you can read or, or hear by John Searle, uh, right, who, who you... is easy to understand. He's less he's less uh, academic oh, and, and much more uh, realistic, and he can he can take you down the road that I'm thinking that I tend to agree with. Him. Okay. But whenever you start whenever you start to get into the actual AI people, they they once again start making arguments. That no one's making. They're, they want to. They want to talk about, uh, you know, computational capacities and that. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm not worried about an angry robot until you figure out what angry is, right? Oh jeez.
1: Well, I think yeah. you're whistling well, past the don't, graveyard. Don't That's what I, t- don't uh, I. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You cannot assuage my absolute fear. <laughs> I, but I appreciate the All attempt. Right. I really do, and I Perfect. really appreciate the call. So thank you, <laughs> Ray. All right. Bye. All right, you're welcome. Goodbye. You have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, here's what I think we have just managed to prove. I have the smartest audience of any, any. You name another like talk show that's got an audience capable of having this conversation. Unfortunately, I am not capable of having this conversation. I didn't even understand uh, everything that uh, that Ray wrote in his uh his piece. Jesus. Hey, I want to tell you that tomorrow uh for um, half the show we're going to have uh Patrick Dowd joining us. He is part of this group that uh has planted a ballot question on uh, the ballots in Allegheny County that would create uh, a fund and an agency of sorts that would deal with um, uh, children, uh, children's schooling and stuff. I, it's, to me, it's so amorphous and confusing that's why Patrick's coming on but you are when you show up to vote if you're in Allegheny County going to be asked to say yes or no on this and um, I'm sort of like oh it sounds good it sounds like if you vote yes you're voting for helping children who's going to say no to that on the other hand there are people who do want to help children who are have some serious questions about it. So we're not going to be getting that side tomorrow with Patrick Dowd. We're going to be getting a, a strong supporter side. So pass the word and, uh, you know, if you have concerns. I, I, I'm i doing this just uh, like the League of Women Voters, you know. I just want us to understand and be able to cast um, an intelligent vote uh, on an important issue it does involve uh, raising taxes to fund this thing Um, so thank you all very much I think I should uh, decamp and I fully intend to so I'll see I'll see you tomorrow half the show will be that the other half (laughs) don't have a clue we'll find out Tomorrow. tomorrow have a great day bye